Hey, this is Adam Bergman, IRA Financial. Today on AdBits, I want to talk about UBTI, or Unrelated Business Taxable Income, which obviously is a uh, pretty hot topic when it comes to using retirement money to make investments. It's an important topic because it can turn a very tax-efficient investment into a very tax-unfriendly investment. So let me start at the beginning. In general, most investments someone does with their IRA or 401k will not be subject to tax. And that's the advantage of using a retirement account to make investments is that you are taking advantage of the power of tax deferral or tax-free investments in the case of Roth. So that is why you know thousands of our clients use us to make investments is because when they buy whether it's stocks or real estate or even Bitcoin with their IRA, they defer tax and don't pay tax when they sell the real estate for a gain. <clears throat> or in the case of the Roth, they can be exempted fully from tax so long as they're over 59 and a half and the Roth has been open at least five years. So in most cases, retirement account investment income is passive. <clears throat> Meaning when you make an IRA <clears throat> 401k investment, you're generally going to generate passive income, such as capital gains, rental income, interest, dividends, royalty income. Those buckets of income are passive. Okay, and passive income <clears throat> is deferred or tax-free and not subject to this four-letter word, word called UBTI, or Unrelated Business Taxable Income. So we'll get into how UBTI is triggered, but it's important to note that most investments you're going to do with your IRA will generate passive income, like buying and selling real estate, interest on loans, rental income, um, buying and selling stock, buying and selling uh, Bitcoin, buying and selling gold, uh, investing in a lot of investment funds that generate capital gains or interest or dividends or royalties or rental income, that will not be subject to the Hubit tax. So you will be able to defer any of the income until you take a distribution or generate tax-free income in the case of a Roth. So how is this UBTI triggered? Well, before we talk about the three ways it's triggered, let's talk about some of the history of UBTI. Pretty much it was put in the tax code in the 1950s. Why? Because the IRS was concerned that businesses like McDonald's were just going to set up charities and do their business in the charity and never pay tax. So pretty much when it was a stat, when it was created and codified, it obviously didn't apply to retirement accounts because retirement accounts like IRAs were not created until 1973. So really, <clears throat> if you look at old case law, UBTI is only directed at charities, 501c3s, right? Like the Red Cross, hospitals, uh, schools, um, any other charity, uh, even churches, things like that. So the UBTI tax was there to stop businesses like McDonald's from putting all their business activity in charities and never paying tax, right? The idea of a charity is charities don't pay tax, generally on all their activities that are related to their exempt purpose, okay? And that's obviously important for a charity. So if you are a um, hospital and you make money uh, in your hospital from, you know, operations and procedures, 
that goes back to the hospital and it's generally not subject to tax as so long as the hospital is a tax exempt. But if the hospital makes money from selling parking or selling candy or flowers, that in most cases is not deemed in direct correlation to its exempt purpose because the hospital is not in the business of selling flowers. And that actually is subject to the UBTI tax, believe it or not. So a lot of times when you go into a hospital and go to the gift shop or the parking concession, you'll notice that it's outsourced. The hospital generally doesn't run it. It's some other group, whether it's a, another not-for-profit or an actual business that will run the parking lot. Why? Because they don't want to pay the UBTI tax. So what they do is they just outsource the parking to a third party. The third party pays them like a rental fee, and then they can argue that's um, you know flat fee and not subject to UBIT. So UBIT's all around us. Uh, most of us don't have to uh, deal with it unless you are a charity or since 1973, you're a retirement account. So believe it or not, an IRA or 401k is deemed a trust under 501, just like a charity is a 501c3, an IRA or 401k is technically a 501 trust. Uh, it obviously has different features and different um, purposes, but it's still kind of treated the same way from a tax standpoint. So um, just like a hospital could have unrelated business income. In the case of an IRA or 401k, the IRA or 401k doesn't have a purpose, right? It's not a charity like a hospital or, or a um, you know, church or anything like that. It's basically just a account that is there to help you save for retirement, uh, gives you some investment opportunities. So essentially any business activity is deemed unrelated. Okay. So that is a very important point. So Unlike a hospital or other charity where you could have potential income in the charity, like the hospital selling beds or medicine or doing surgeries, that technically is subject, not subject to UBIT because it's directed at their exempt purpose. An IRA, any business is technically unrelated because the IRA doesn't have a business purpose. So number one, how do you trigger UBIT? The first way is if the IRA or 401k engages in an active trader business, like a restaurant, Okay, and that restaurant or business is operated through a pass-through entity like an LLC or partnership. Why am I making that distinction? Because if your IRA invests in a business like Google or Apple or GE or Ford or Tesla, that is a business. So why are we not paying UBTI tax on all our stock investments with our IRA and 401k? The reason is. 99.9% .9 of all public companies are C-Corps, right? So think of a, a C-Corp as a big box. And the C-Corp pays its own tax, right? There's a 21% corporate tax. So the rules state that if the IRA or 401k invests in a business that's a corporation, the UBTI tax is blocked at the corporate level, right? The corporation pays the tax, and then the IRA gets a dividend. Anytime a corporation has money left over after tax, you can dividend the retained earnings to the shareholder. The shareholders in IRA or 401k, dividends are exempt, so we don't have to pay tax on dividends. But because the IRA or 401k doesn't receive the income directly, like an LLC or partnership, which is a pass-through or funnel, you don't pay UBTI tax when you invest in Google or any business that's a C-Corp. So that's an important distinction. 
First way to trigger UBTI, it has to be a business and the business has to be operated through a pass-through entity like an LLC or a partnership. C-Corps, like publicly traded companies or ETFs or mutual funds, will block the application of the UBTI because the IRA doesn't actually receive the income, it just receives a dividend from the company and dividends are excluded. Number two, how do you trigger UBIT? If your IRA buys real estate subject to a non-recourse loan. That's called real estate acquisition indebtedness, and that under Section 514 of the Internal Revenue Code is subject to UBTI. Now, there's an exemption for solo 401ks. Under 514C9 of the code, if a 401k uses a non-recourse loan to acquire real estate, there's an exemption for UBTI, which makes it super attractive for 401k plans to buy real estate with leverage. Why is leverage great? Because you don't have to put all your money down. So, for example, if the property is 200,000 bucks. Maybe you only have to put 20, 30% down, so 60 or 80,000 down, and then you can borrow the rest to buy the property. Meaning, if you have 200,000 in cash, maybe you can buy three properties instead of just one if you had to pay cash. So, leverage is really good. In the IRA, it's subject to the UBTI tax. How do you calculate the tax? Well, it's based off the net earnings of the debt finance portion. So for example, if you buy a piece of property for $100,000 in an IRA, put down 50,000 of IRA money, borrow non-recourse 50,000. Non-recourse means you do not personally guarantee it. And the property generates $10,000 of net income after depreciation, after expenses, whether it's paying off the debt, other expenses. The net net amount of that, if it's over $1,000, is subject to the UBTI tax. The UBTI tax can go as high as 37%, and the threshold for reaching the maximum tax rate is very low. It's approximately 20-something thousand. So if you make more than that in your, your investment subject to UBTI, you can turn a very tax-friendly investment that would otherwise be deferred if it was a pre-tax IRA or tax-free if it's a Roth IRA, and now have to pay up to 37% tax. So beware that it's a four letter word because it could really flip an investment for you. So uh, you would file a 990T April 15th and you would pay the UBTI tax in the name of your IRA, you get a tax ID number for your IRA. IRA pays the tax, not you personally. It has nothing to do with your personal tax return. The IRA is subject to the UBTI tax, not the individual IRA owner. And again, it can go as high as 37%, which is higher than our income tax rate. It follows the trust tax rates. Um, and it's something to be you know, obviously worried about. So the first thing, again, business, okay, operated through a pass-through entity like an LLC or partnership. Number two, non-recourse loan to buy real estate in an IRA, exemptions for 401ks. And the third way, which isn't very relevant to self-directed, is using margin to buy stock. Margin means basically a loan, a non-recourse loan to buy stock. Uh, the idea, same like real estate, is you can buy more stock with less money. If you do that in a non-recourse way, you cannot personally guarantee the loan. So that's why margin doesn't really always work with IRAs because a lot of banks, financial institutions that will give you margin will make you personally guarantee it. So it won't work because you can't personally guarantee an obligation of your IRA under 4975C. So that wouldn't even be an option. But assuming you could get a non-recourse loan and use margin, beware of UBTI. Again, it can tax you on the use of that margin. So if 
50% of margins used and 50% of the net profits will be subject to a UBTI tax that goes as high as 37%. So beware. Um, and then there's all, all kinds of gray areas. The gray areas usually surround the situation of whether the activity is a business or not. Okay. So that, that usually is where most of the analysis is, is, hey, I'm investing in this investment. Is it a business? Also, problems arise if you're, for example, investing in an investment fund, a real estate investment fund, private equity fund, hedge fund. A lot of times as a limited partner, you're not even made aware if there is debt. So how would you know if your investment is subject to UBTI? A lot of times the small funds, you don't know. They're not going to tell you. The only way you would know is if you got a K-1. And on the K-1, there'd be a box towards the bottom and there'd be a code to indicate that there is some UBTI income. But if you're using a small or investing in a small fund, they're not going to be as sophisticated to be able to provide you that information. And unfortunately, the, the responsibility lies on you. Um, the issue is, you know, it's almost impossible for the IRS to catch it because it's not reported on the K-1. So it's a lot of times just goes unreported. In fact, the uh, GAO, the Government Accountability Office, issued a report several months ago in 2020, mid, uh, pretty much around April 2020, um, stating that they are um, interested in educating their IRS agents more about UBTI because this is an area that uh, there's not a lot of information on, knowledge on, and a lot of their agents, when they're looking at these IRA investments, are not even aware that the potential application of the UBTI tax rule. So um, this is something the IRS is aware of, that is just a really a big void in information. The agents are not uh, very educated on this. And it's a complicated subject because it deals with you know, very, uh, I think, sophisticated tax provisions, and there's a lot of analysis that needs to go in to determine whether the UBTI tax is even uh, applicable. So again, just to summarize, most IRA 401k investments in the self-directed IRA world will not be subject to UBTI, unrelated business taxable income, but three instances where it could, the IRA or 401k invests in an active trader business like a restaurant or a hotel or a factory or a consulting firm, through an LLC or partnership, pass-through entity, not a C-Corp. A C-Corp would block the UBTI. That is why you don't pay UBTI when you buy stock or mutual funds or ETFs with your IRA or 401k. Number two, if you use a non-recourse loan to buy real estate in an IRA, you're going to likely get hit with UBTI so long as you have $1,000 or more of net income. There's an exemption for 401ks under 514c9. Three, use margin to buy stock, non-recourse loan to buy stock, and you can trigger UBTI and pay up to 37% tax. So it's very important to be educated about these rules so you understand potentially that um, these uh, rules could, could again turn a very tax-friendly investment into something that uh, is very unfriendly. So that, in a nutshell, is how the UBTI rules work. Um, I think just some, some issues to look at, to spot. Anytime you see two things. If you see a loan, obviously, number one, make sure it's a non-recourse loan. If you see an IRA buying real estate with a loan, issue spot, you should be thinking UBTI. If you see an IRA or 401k do an investment, first thing you should look at, is it a business? 
Yes. Okay. Is it a C corp? If it's not a C corp, issue spot UBIT. If it's a C corp, don't worry about UBIT. And if it's not a business, don't worry about UBIT. So, what's not a business? Investments that trigger rental income, dividends, royalties, capital gains, interest. Okay. So, interest from loans, rental income from real estate, selling stocks, selling real estate, capital gains, uh, royalties from patents and uh, interest from loans. So um, that really covers about 95 plus percent of all IRA and 401k investments. So that's kind of how it works. Any any questions? Anyone have any questions on the application of the UBTI tax rules? No, looks like everyone in IRA financial understands it and that's great. So this way, if you have questions on UBTI um, and you're listening, give us a call. We uh, understand the rules and we would uh, obviously love to help you so thanks for uh listening to AdBits, and uh you know please, please subscribe like and um look for more AdBits in the future <laughs>